0: This is the Cashflow Digest. My name is Matt Veracloth and me and the DeRosa team are here for you guys on a weekly basis with this podcast, YouTube video, and broadcast recording. This is also live on our Facebook group, Terosa Insiders. In whatever medium you're watching, please take a minute and like this content, leave a comment, and leave it a review. We really appreciate you guys doing that. We're going to be talking about all things real estate and all things cash flow because our company is dedicated to transforming lives through real estate and cash flow can do that. We're going to be talking about things that are affecting the real estate industry, news in the real estate investing world. We're also going to be bringing on guests that are crushing it in the cash flow sector of real estate investing. If you guys want to join and watch the show live, please go to Facebook and look up to Rosa Insiders and join that Facebook group where we record this show every Friday at noon Eastern. Hope to see you guys there. What is happening, DeRosa Insiders community? It's Matt Fairclough. Welcome to the Cashflow Digest show. As I said, my name is Matt. Our company, and maybe even a company you could work with is the DeRosa Group, and we're a company dedicated to transforming lives through real estate. That's what we do, is we show people how to do it. We teach people how to do it. We help people do it that want to invest with us. Anybody that wants to do this, we're here for you. And if you guys are watching this program on Spotify, I want to take a minute. Thank you. Take a minute now and tell Spotify how amazing you love this program, what you think of this program, give it a thumbs up, give it a great review on Spotify. We'd appreciate that. And also, if you're watching this program on Spotify, take a minute. If you're not already a member of the DeRosa Insiders community, head over to Facebook. You guys might've heard of that website. Go over to Facebook and type in DeRosa Insiders in the search bar and this program will come up. DeRosa Insiders there, this page, I mean, will come up and you guys can request to join. It's free, right? Not much is free this world, in this world, but DeRosa Insiders is to so join it. And that will enable you to watch this program for free on DeRosa Insiders every Friday, every Friday at noon Eastern, we broadcast this show. By the way, happy Groundhog's Day. I don't know. Did, did anybody know? I'd be watching, right? Tell me. Did he see his shadow or not? Are we looking at six more weeks of winter? Are we looking at early spring? I don't know. My son wore his baseball jersey today. New York Mets, by the way. It's their year. He wore his New York Mets baseball jersey thinking that that, that would instill an in early spring because baseball, spring fever, that sport, all that. So, let's wish him luck. Anyway, guys, thanks for watching either way. I appreciate you. Before I get into my article here that I want to talk about for current event, let me take a minute and bring in my brother from another mother. My co-host today on the show, Herve Francois. How are you today, Herve? What's up, my man? Brother from
1: another mother. How you doing? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good.
0: I'm good. You hoping for an early spring or are you okay with six more weeks of winter? I'm hoping for an early spring because I hate winter. I hate cold weather. Everybody does. Everybody does, really. People that claim to love cold weather are only saying that because they think that it makes them sound tougher. It's actually not true. No human <laughs> being really likes cold weather because cold weather can kill you. You know, yeah. like you're in cold long enough, you will freeze to death. You're not Way gonna enough. heat yourself to death in that, right. you know? But as long as you got a bottle of water, you're okay in hot weather, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: All the layers and the coats and that, ah, it's just too
0: much. No, 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 no. You gotta keep it's yourself hot alive hot in cold hot weather, hot right? Hot How are you, Nick? Give me, give me some I'm good
1: I'm, I'm doing all right. It's definitely it's definitely under time. Multi-family market feels cold.
0: Feels a little it sure cold. Does. Right now. It sure does, man. <laughs> Transitioning now that I got Urve here with me, I want to talk about something. This is an interesting question, Irve. A great article in Glo- in, in Globe Street, Irve. Uh, Investors are still waiting for bargain multifamily deals, which begs the question. Should, if you're looking to buy multifamily today, Herve, is today a good time? Like it is right now a good time to buy multifamily or, and I get, you know, forgetting about what DeRosa is doing for a second, we'll put that on the shelf and get to that. But if you're either a newer multifamily investor, should you be looking at deals right now or should you, oh, I'll just wait for three months or wait for whatever, for the market to finish doing whatever has been doing? This article says that a lot of people, there's a lot of money sitting on the sidelines right now waiting yes. for multifamily to finish doing whatever it's doing before right. they get in. What do you think yeah. of that?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that article's report and its findings. I disagree with those folks that are sitting on the sideline. Look, on back in the Wall Street days, they used to say, as I'm sure they still say that, oh, all the smart money's on the sidelines. All the smart money is in stocks. Mm. All the smart and these bonds. And so this is smart money and everything else like that. And a lot of times we're talking about institutional, the Black Rocks of the world and so on and so forth, Starwoods and everything else like that. I would say it's always a good time to be investing in multifamily, Matt. It's always a good time, right? Rates we all know are going to fluctuate. Supply and demand for apartments and so on and so forth is always going to fluctuate, even more so depending on what city, what part of the country that you're living in, and so on and so forth. We know some of the transitions that took place in the Sunbelt versus the Midwest and Northeast last year, a little bit of that continuing this year and so on and so forth. Man listen, you got to be excited. You got to be pumped up to get into multifamily. I don't care if it's January, December. I don't care if we're dealing with 8% interest rates or 3% interest rates. It's not always about finding a good deal versus making a deal. That's why we're constantly involved, constantly looking, constantly mm-hmm. underwriting, constantly assessing where can we go ahead and make adjustments to the model that makes the numbers work. Obviously, not only for ourselves, but also for our investors, right? Within the motto of Let's beautify this place to transform lives to real estate, with helping our residents along the way as well. So it is a good time. It is a good time to be looking that's at deals. A deal. few
0: questions. Oh, for what you just said, it's an interesting thing to unpack here, right? People are like, oh, smart money. As a as a stock investor, is it a All good right. idea to just watch to see what BlackRock or some ginormous firm that's looking to put a trillion dollars or so, and not really a trillion, but you know, billions of dollars, at work, right? Is yeah. it is it smart? As a small time investor, somebody that's looking to put a couple thousand dollars to work in the stock market, as most people are, even even you know ten, fifteen, twenty, forty thousand dollars, is it smart to do what the big dogs are doing? To to follow smart money?
1: Absolutely not. Why? I agree with you. Why? Yeah. And, and that's whether you're investing, in my opinion, whether you're investing in stocks or you're investing in real estate. And the reason why it's not good to follow what the big dogs are doing, the big dogs will roll you over. They mm-hmm. can roll you over. Matt, it's almost like being at a poker table. You and I have been at similar poker tables in the past. i said, I see how you play. I see how you play. Right? And you go all in I do. when the guy next to you hardly has a little bit left. Right? He's like, ah, what's going on? What's going on? And he he can't compete.
0: He has no leverage. I can make him fold with my chip stack, right? You can play like a big chip. And and playing like a big whale at a poker table is easy because I can yes. use my weight to win yes. a hand. And if I got a yes. marginal hand and you got yes. pocket aces, I can force you all in, right? No doubt. You know, Absolutely. and maybe I catch up real quick in that. And, and and that's and that's why it does not make sense to play like big money does. And so if there and that's why I disagree with this article in some ways, if if, if you're trying to put you know, a half a billion dollars to work in multifamily right now, yes, Mm -hmm. right now is a good time to wait, right? Because there's likely going to be changes. You can certainly hop in, in the behind the scenes stuff or whatever it is, right? But at the end of the day, if you're playing like that, that's cool. Play like that. But there's no way at all that a a operator that's our size or someone looking to get into the game should invest like big money does, right? Just because big money's on the sideline does not mean you need to be in the sideline, man, Absolutely. because you're Absolutely. not trying to put a half of I mean, God bless. If you are, if you try to put a half million to work, God bless you. I want your phone number, you know? You know one thing
1: I also got me, I don't mean to remember yeah. about, about big money, right? Institutional money, so called smart money, is that they don't need to bottom tick right? They don't need to wait for a complete crash to take place before they go ahead and, and dip in. Now, you may see a person that obviously like a Warren Buffett perform that way. The way he invests is very different than, let's say, BlackRock or Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs, right? He's an individual investor, but he's a very, very wealthy individual investor. Mm-hmm. Warren Buffett will come in at the time when things are just bleeding all over the place and it seems like the world is over. That's when Warren Buffett wants to go fishing and eating, sure. right? The Black Rocks of the world, they don't do it at that time they will wait. They're not going to get in at the first inning, like let's say a Warren Buffett will after a crash takes place in whatever asset class or whatever sector. You know, the, bigger, uh, the bigger money, that $500 billion that you're talking about, big institutional money, they can wait till they get into the fourth or fifth inning because they're playing the long game anyway. So bottom ticking for them doesn't matter. It's just a matter of getting involved and then like you said earlier being able to use their strength being able to use their yeah. leverage to then start moving things around the
0: table and that's what they're market makers right and that's, that's what i said that's what i'm alluding to in saying like my big chip stack can make you fold right no, you and, can, absolutely yeah and blackrock can come in and materially move the price of a stock by their dollars right absolutely, we as absolutely. multi-family investors are not going to move the market Right, all we can do is hope to participate in it. Right, big right. money like that can make a market move. Right, Absolutely. and unless you're trying to pull a game and and make right. the and make the market move on your own by a collaboration of a lot of people, which you can't really do in multifamily anyway. Right, at the end of the day, the, the better way to do it if you're looking to invest in multifamily. And 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 I, it, it's an interesting contrarian. I haven't heard this argument enough about why multifamily is a good thing to invest in right now. My man Eric Platter nailed it. Right, high yeah. rates this is what you got right now you got high rates a lot of people are in the waiting place sitting over waiting on rates to drop right not a good thought about multifamily i'm going to wait for rates to get cheaper so i can get in well guess what everybody else is saying that too right Absolutely. you're not the only one watching interest rates like i am right so Absolutely. In the day, rates come down that opens up more competition rates are a little bit higher right now your competition's less that's when you want to buy Right, 100%, 100%. if interest rates go down, that'll drive up the value of what you own anyway. So if you buy something on high rates, if rates go down, rates are that's going to pop back up in value. Brilliant Absolutely. point, Eric Platter. Thank you for that. No, I agree
1: with Eric, one hundred percent. I said the same thing. I said the same thing at one of our bigger pockets uh boot camp sessions last winter. When really a student would like, say, "Hey, Ervay, what direction you think interest rates are going to go? When do you think they're going to come down? and by how much and everything like that?" I said, "Listen, hey, 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 time out. Slow down. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter because you know, look, you can, you can go." You can find that answer by going ahead and polling 20 different economists out there. That's going to give you 20 different answers. No lie. All I want to know is where's the money, more so than where the interest rates are going. Where's the money? If the money's on the sidelines, I want to be fishing. I want to be hunting. I want to be looking for deals because then I know I'm going to be submitting offers in a less competitive environment. I'm not going to be submitting offers and having to go ahead mm-hmm. and take my offer up by $50,000 or $60,000. It's going to be moving the cap rates all over the place and so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, so yeah. so I, I prefer it. I remember when rates were very, very low, Matt, back just in 2022, particularly early 2022, late 2021. I mean, at that time, Matt, we were going in on, okay, hey, call for offers. I don't, is, I don't want is, those
0: days to come back. People, people are like, oh, I, want, I want low interest rate. I got to tell you, man, I, the last thing you want is low rates to come back because I remember those days, Irvay, you'd be looking at a deal. I remember we were looking at deals, uh, you and I together, and the deal would end up trading for 20% more than the asking price, right? This is, this is crackalacky. I feel like, I'm, seen, I feel like I'm chasing a freaking balloon here, you know?
1: what? All cash, to Some of them are all cash deals, yeah. right? You said 20% higher. People were submitting LOIs 30 days before they were even due. People were saying- then the crate thats when you know what got crazy. I'll submit my LOI without doing a due diligence. Oh my goodness, what's going on right?
0: Like here? <laughs> all my all this money hard going up front. Buyers lost all control in that market. Yes, buyers yes. had no say. You, right. you you had to go in and pretty much give over all the control you had as a buyer. It was not a give and take arrangement. It was just there. You go. No right? No negotiation whatsoever. Yeah, no negotiation. Anyway, no negotiation. but what I, with the way that you do play multifamily these days, and this is what we're what we are doing, right? Is you stay in the game, you keep bidding, right? You can't you can't start to stop a machine, right? right. Once right. you got your multifamily machine going, that's number one. Is right. you need to get your multifamily at bats now, so that if the yeah. market does change, you're already in. The last thing you right. want to do, I can tell you, if you're sitting and waiting for the market to change and waiting for things to get a little bit better before you start chasing multifamily again, right? You're going to be in line behind the guy, behind me, by the way, behind me and Erve. You're going to be in line behind us because we kept going. Right. we kept pushing, we kept our broker relationships going, we kept everybody warm, right? And so right. If the market does change. We're going to be all over that because we're already in. Our machine's already moving, you know, right? Was- if you was- if you decide you're going to start your machine up and build it up and get it going when the market gets better, get behind me in line
1: yeah because you know, exactly,
0: right? i'm already i'm already at the table you know we're yeah. already in those conversations we're already bidding deals when the market's not you know as favorable when the rates are high rate, no right, right number no two doubt. guys th- th- this is the best time to do it. we've been preaching even when the market was good pick a market one yeah. not two not ten not five not two one market right Pick one market and make that your investment target market and infiltrate. Go all the way down. Push all the way through because all the competition that's in the waiting place right now is gone. Nobody's talking to these brokers. They're not even sending them Christmas cards anymore, right? right you need right. to get in with those brokers, get friends with them, buy them coffee, go to the market, walk around. And those brokers are, brokers are going to still get deals, maybe distressed pocket deals, deals that maybe the seller doesn't want mass marketed. They want it just a quiet closing. You're going to be the one to get that phone call. If you right. infiltrate a market, if you're just sitting around for, on loop net, waiting for a 9% cap rate multifamily deal to show up, God bless. Get behind yeah. me in line because guess what? When that 9% cap rate deal does come up, we're going to get the phone call if it's in one of our target markets.
1: You know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Anyway, there well, we go. It, there, there's a lot of – there's still a lot, a lot of good opportunities out there. There's no doubt you're going to have to hunt and work for a little bit more. You know, I I talk to investors. I talk to students all the time. So hard finding a deal. It's so hard finding a deal. Let me tell you, I've been in this for six years, Matt, and you've been in it for longer, obviously. And these are what investors and students are telling me all the time. So hard to find deals. So hard to find deals. When we were in a low interest rate environment, because it was so competitive as you are submitting offers on a deal, you had investors come to the sidelines. "Ah, You know what? Too competitive out there. I'm going to wait. Okay, fine. Now, but that's what, hey man, how's it going? Haven't seen you in the past year. You, you, you submitting any offers? You doing any deals? Nope. Ah, no, no. The rates nope. went
0: up. <laughs> <waiting laughs> so hey, R- R- it's high, I'm going to wait.
1: You're rates.
0: Now you waiting rates are high. When the hell are you going to get involved? Let's take, it, let's take it this way, okay? And that's how we'll bring it home today, okay? There's right. always a reason to wait on investing or on living life or on going to the gym or on deciding to make a change in your life, right? There's a. Right. I could give you 30 reasons why I shouldn't go to the gym today, right now. Right. I already did. I already did. So it's okay. So there, right? Right. So, I could give you those reasons or 30 reasons why I should start investing or why I should make changes in my business. I should give you 30 reasons why I should, right? right the right. difference is that if you decide, and there's always those reasons, up markets, down markets, whatever it is, whichever voice you want to listen to, the yes voice or the no voice, right? Mm-hmm. The Either one of those two, you're right. Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Okay, that's, that's number one. Okay, either way, true. you're correct. Like you about that, correct. you know? That's Second, true. if you decide to get in, you guys kind of have a little bit of faith and have a little bit of understanding that the way that business goes is you get in and you kind of figure things out as you go. And so if you decide you're going to get in and invest in multifamily right now, if you get the yep. right parameters, the right mentors, like our DeRosa Accelerator Program, right? Nope. If you get that's the right. right people around you that are going to show you the ropes and teach you how to do what you're supposed to do, then right now could be just fine. You understand, you might have to pivot, might have to change, might have to try this, might have to try that, is what it is. You know,
1: As you know, one of our students in our accelerator program, she went down to Virginia on Thursday. Boom. uh, Just yesterday. And this is the second time. And she went down there to meet up with a broker. And this broker was going to take her around by herself to go and visit four properties, maybe even five properties, right, that she could potentially take a look at, go ahead and get the financials on, do the underwriting, submit an offer, and so on and so forth. Listen, I have no idea whether or not she is going to make a bid on anything. But at the end of the day, what she's doing, and I want it, I give her a virtual high five because she's going down there and establishing a relationship with the broker. He sees that she's serious. She went down with a broker credibility package, say this is my acquisition criteria. These are the things that I'm interested in buying, you know, a certain number of units and vintage and so on and so forth. And now he keeps that. And for whatever the market does, where for whatever interest rates go, he's going to know that he has a potential buyer in her that he's always gonna be able to go ahead and submit deals to. So what is she doing? She might not be buying right now in a high rate environment. Oh, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna be on the sidelines like BlackRock and Blackstone. (laughs) But what she's doing is she's getting involved. Getting involved in the process of acquiring a deal. And one of that process is going out. Making relationships with brokers, like you said, take someone out for coffee or something like that, right? Just meet them at a diner and talk to them about what you're interested in, where you like to go. So she's taking them, she, she's meeting up with them, she's showing him the markets, the neighborhoods within Virginia that she's interested in investing, and then now she's established a relationship with him. So he's going to be able to continue to send her deals. She buys one of these, great. She doesn't, just as great.
0: Irving, but- she's looked at, she looked at four deals, but I'm t- I'm, t- I'm sorry to tell you this is unbelievable, because many people I've talked to that are looking to invest in Richmond. They're picked pick that as their target market, and they're telling me, no, there's no deals. I, I, I haven't seen any deals. No deals in Richmond. Nope, no deals. But I'm also looking in Richmond and Charlotte and Raleigh and Albuquerque, New Mexico, and also Austin, Texas and whatnot. No, but then that's why you're not seeing any deals, by the way. You're not doing what our students doing and drilling into one market as we've coached her to do, right? So that's a testament that focus g- yields results, right? And,
1: and I'll, I'll leave you here because I know you want to move on. Yep. Folks know, right here at DeRosa, we own about 1,700 multifamily units last year, 2023, our underwriter and I, we looked at more off-market deals than any other year in the years that we've been doing this. But the reason why we were able to see all of those off-market deals is because of the relationships that we have with our brokers. Because if you don't have the relationship with the brokers, the brokers aren't going to be sending you those off market deals. So, a lot of times, Matt, when you hear people saying there's no deals, there's no deals, there's no deals, the number one thing I have to, I'm not going to ask you about interest rates and everything else like that over the market. I'm going to say, well, what's the relationship like with the, some of the brokers in the market that you're looking to go ahead and acquire properties?
0: There you go. These are
1: relationships with them. Because if all you're doing is sitting to wait for a listed deal to come, yeah, I can understand why you're saying there's no deals, there's no deals. But if you do have a relationship with brokers, all of a sudden there's some yeah. deals. Take that home, some- guys. Really Make awesome. that
0: home for consideration uh, in that. So that's our thoughts on those that are in the waiting place right now on multifamily. I really appreciate your thoughts. If you guys want to hear Absolutely. more about what DeRosa has to say on this kind of thing and how we teach people how to focus on one market, go to DerosGroup.com forward slash accelerator. See you guys there. All right, guys, transition point. We're a real estate investment company that helps people learn how to invest in real estate and also passively invest in real estate, but we're not Just a multifamily operations company. We also are involved in a lot of things, and we own multifamily, which you said seventeen hundred multifamily assets, give or take, with in-house management, vertically integrated on this. Kick off North Carolina. We're kicking it off. Kicking it off right now. Kicking off North Carolina in-house management. We've also got a thriving fund that I just saw is paying out. Our average rate of return on the fund this past month was nine point three percent. Awesome payment day one. That's awesome. But you know what? We don't want to be just painted in a corner of multifamily whatever. So we don't believe in multifamily, but there are some times you've got to diversify asset classes, diversify things that people look into, diversify just opportunities because some investors might be fully exposed to multifamily. And DeRosa Group wants to be the company that's there to help people transform lives to real estate with all the investments that they make and not just all in into one asset class, because that's certainly not good diversification. Shouldn't do that. A new asset class that we've researched, thanks to a team member that we brought on about a year ago, is flag branded hotels. Interesting. That's right. So, we're going to That's bring right. on our guest for today, who is also a DeRosa team member, our man, Haith Patel. hey how are you today, man? Good. How are you guys today? How are you in the same living room as Irvay? What is that? How's that? We have, the, you
1: know, we, have we have the same interior.
0: Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. You know,
1: it's a hotel. You know, all hotels.
2: That's the a same trip,
0: place. man. I love you guys. You're using the same yeah. Zoom background. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I see Hervé at the beach when I talk to him. Sometimes he's in like a nice urban setting with like a central park outside the window. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes everybody gets around. Sometimes I'm on the moon. I just hang out here in my basement. Hey, thank you for joining us today for the Cashflow Digest. Today, guys, we're going to talk hotels, right? So, hey, can you introduce yourself? You've been on the show before and have done some some contributions to the DeRosa Insiders Facebook page before. For those of those here that have not met you, that are not yet students of our accelerator program, to hear what all that's all about, tell me more. Uh, to just introduce yourself to our audience, your background, your your whole thing, and you know, and what brought you to DeRosa, and we can take it from there.
2: Yeah. So my background is I started in hospitality since I was probably 15, 16 years old. You know, Started all the way from desk, GM, asset management, property management. It's all limited service hotels. So anywhere economy up to upper mid-scale. So I worked at Super 8s, Quality Inns, Comfort Suites, Country Inn and Suites, and then also a Residence Inn, a Holiday Inn Express, and Town Place. I've managed those properties and I've done acquisition and disposition and Done full value add renovations in the hotel where we call them PIP uh, property improvement plan. So I've done full-blown renovations on four of these projects, where we, you know, bought a value add project, did the full PIP, and then sold it off a couple of years later once we stabilized the revenue. So that's my little background. And then I transitioned over to DeRosa where I focus more on the underwriting role right now. And you know, right now underwriting both hotel and multifamily deals. So we, are, we have a couple of criteria when it comes to the hotel world. Right now, we're looking at specifically core assets in limited service, particularly Hilton, Marriott, and I G products. So we have been underwriting. Last year, we underwrote about, nine, uh, I would say, 100 deals in the uh, hotel world, along with our multifamily criteria. So establishing that space right now.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you uh, for sharing mm-hmm. that. And Urve, real quick, what are the stats on what we underwrote last year in multifamily assets? Yes. Like, oh, by wow. I choose, I think, mean, right? I mean, I, you know the number, but.
1: Yeah, we were, although there was just the number of deals that we submitted LOIs on and the number of deals that we underwrote. And the number of deals that we underwrote, hey, I believe we're like 230 change, something like that.
2: Yeah, with hotel and both, well, yeah, with both the acquisition, yeah, about 200 some. And then we submitted LOIs and I believe. It's like around
1: 80, 82, 83, around that range. Yep. So about 230 underwritten multifamily deals that we worked on last year, submitted LOIs on about
0: 82 to 83. close Donut. I don't even <laughs> like donuts. You don't really know. Like I, <laughs> I like donuts. I like donuts. I say, Least favorite e- eat snack is donuts. I can't <laughs> eat them anymore, anyway. But I mean, it's like one of those things. It's like it's the worst, and I hate the term. I hate zero. It's like no right. donuts. Are right. terrible uh, But
1: it was a good reason. Obviously, we're very, very disciplined. Right. Mm-hmm. Allowed us to focus on other assets, other facets of our business. Hate continue to write hotel deals, and and it's it's one of those kind of like we were just saying in the last segment, right? I mean, just in, in the process of doing it, kind of like, look, you're not gonna it's not going to be one swing of the tree right it's going to be continuous 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 swing he kept on swinging that ads, you know connecting right now
2: yeah and this is just the deals that we underwrote we also passed on a lot more deals that did not fit our criteria so if we take that into account it's a large a larger number a lot yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so there's a lot of deals that come across the desk but you know if they don't fit our buy box it's not really worth spending more time on that
0: so it's no okay. harm in trying. It's it's we believe twenty twenty four is going to be way different in the multifamily world, right? And that's what we, me and Arve just got done talking about that. So it was not from the hard, from the lack of trying that we tried very very hard to to strike on a multifamily deal last year. But what's interesting is through the education that we've gotten from you, Haith, and you joining our team, Arve and I have become way more educated and and now have some understanding of the hotel space. You know, and it's so funny that people expect you to operate in in like a lane right so when i've yeah. told people in my circles that that you know we've started to investigate you know hotels people are like oh because you want to buy and it, turn it into multifamily right <laughs> you know I'm like right. no you know a hotel can actually make money just as a hotel right you don't have to turn it into a multifamily asset because the guys that are buying hotels and turn them into multifamily are typically buying defunct functionally obsolete like you know let's call them motels right and a, there's a difference between like a motel with like an exterior corridor walkway that opens up to the outside and whatnot, like like a no-tell motel kind of thing, right? You can buy one of those. That probably is functionally obsolete. People don't want to stay there anymore. But those could certainly turn into something else. What we're talking about that we got into investigating, we're going to talk to you guys about today about a potential investment that you guys should consider looking at perhaps is you know something you would buy and keep as a hotel. It's somewhat similar, not the same. Not the same, and looking at a single family home as an investment, and then also looking at a single family home that you could buy and turn into an Airbnb, right? That's right. Maybe that's a similar correlation, not the same, but a similar correlation, right? So, Herve, in your talk, chatting with Haith and exposure to this whole space, what are some like aha's epiphanies that you've had in learning about the flag hotel world?
1: Yeah, listen, that's a good question, right? I had to go ahead and do a lot of research and a lot of conversations with Tate in regards to what are some of the fundamental drivers behind the hotel industry, what makes a good hotel investment versus multifamily. There are some similarities, there's no doubt about it, but there are some differences, right? Some notable differences. And me being in acquisitions world, so I focus a lot on the acquisition side, when I think about for multifamily, what makes an attractive market to invest in, and we talk about those metrics like population growth, job growth, meaning income, and so on and so forth. The metrics, Some of the metrics are the same within hotel world, some of them are very different. What I learned in doing research, and again, conversation with hate, is believe it or not, it's proximity, proximity, Matt, proximity to highways, proximity to Entries and exits of highways and things like that, right? There's no doubt the, the 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 level of activity, both economic and social activity, within that nice bustling city has a lot to do with it. But truly, the location of where it is, particularly by a major highway, mm. that there's a lot of trades going on, it's very very important. Perhaps not so much as let's say we focus a lot on median income, and median income growth in multifamily, not so much in in in, in hotel growth. We don't even focus a lot on population growth. Mm as we do for multifamilies, because again, the primary focus is really that location. Listen, we, there are, you know, type C cities are still type C cities, whether that's multifamily or for hotels, but you can see where a hotel can still perform in a type C city, even though it's, 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 it's not a great bustling city. All that being said for our, if you want to call buy box acquisition criteria, we're still going to first identify an attractive city. Based on some of those metrics, but then once we have identified those cities, we are one hundred percent going to location proximity to highways yep. and so on and so forth. Right then, we learned a little bit more about you know in regards to the kind of debt that you could put on a hotel deal versus a multifamily deal. A little bit different there, but you know a lot of conversations with the same folks and and, and getting those loan quotes and things like that. Underwriting, hate will tell you, the underwriting of a hotel deal, very different than the underwriting of a multifamily deal. When we think about multifamily, what do we think about? We want occupancies really, really high. Ninety five. Ninety five percent. And we want our tenants to sign a one year lease minimum, right? Well, hotels, let's remember, right? We're talking about they're not gonna they better
0: not stay in your hotel for a year. Not staying in the hotel no, for a year. Not, yeah hotel for a couple of
1: days and so on and so forth, two, three days, maybe into a weekend. We're not talking about hotels that are just dedicated to tourism or just dedicated to business, but it has a little bit of a balance and and, and so on and so forth. And so now you're gonna see occupancy Closer to 60 to 65%. That was one of the hardest things I had to wrap my head around. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. This is so low. The break even is that. I was like, Haith, you're crazy. It's 60%, man. We got freaking multifamilies running at 90, 95%. What am I going to do with 60%? How you can think, think how much money
0: we would make if we had it 100% occupied, like so many of our multifamily right. properties are, right? Right. So yeah, that's, yeah, it's it's <laughs>
1: very, very different. But it's been great learning about it. It's been great learning a lot from Haith. He kind of he set my mind straight and having to think about, think like a hotel investor and so on and so forth. So not too different, but enough differences that it's worth having to roll up your sleeves and get educated on. And then once you do, you realize it's 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 really, really exciting. It's really, really exciting. And it'd be a nice, nice standalone investment without having to do a conversion yeah. of a whole multi Yeah, we'll get
0: there, right? And I don't want to talk about the investment, like why in a second here, but like the education curve that, like let me just summarize the education curve that DeRosa had to go through in this thing is when we look at multifamily, as you said, it's, you know, market first and hotels to be the same way, market first, right? Why the market? Right, but then when you look at a multifamily market, as I've learned over the years and working with your that like it's you know employers. That's the that's where the dollars are coming from into a multifamily market. Are the people right. that are paying the salaries of the tenants that are going to live into your apartment building? Right, that's where right. the money's coming from. So you find yeah. the money, fo- follow the money, and the deals will follow. Right. So if you got lots of employers, diverse employers, right? The, you know, not just all one industry. So diverse right. industries, do all exactly. that, and you'll start to see. You know, the the breadcrumbs start to see the trail, right? And of course, you want to be in a good neighborhood versus bad neighborhood primarily because of crime concerns, right? Also, somewhat, schools, you know, crimes in school are why good neighborhood, bad neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. 100% not, this is not the reason why you would look at a hotel asset, right? (laughs) Look at a hotel asset it's very granular location. It's like, well, it's not this side of the highway, it's that side of the highway, you know? Like a hotel could be right. in a bad location and be a hundred yards away from a hotel that's in a good location, you know? That's right, right. that's right. Um, right. And so I've learned about the granular location concerns. And then also backing it up from a hotel standpoint, like where you, you started questioning where the dollars come from, right? For multifamily, it's employers. For hotels, it's why is someone going there, right? right. They're going mm-hmm. there what? To go to the aquarium right. that's down the block, to go do a sporting event for their kid, to go to a sporting right. event for their favorite team, you know. Right. Yeah, I when I was at you and I went to Atlanta with Justin, right? We stayed right. in a hotel that was directly across the street from the Mercedes Center, right?
1: That's
0: right. He's been that's- right? Yeah. That's a th- that hotel gets a lot of action, not because of the employers in the market, but because it's a friggin' arena mm-hmm. right there. If I want to go watch good. a game there in that building that I can see out of my hotel window, I'm going to stay right. here. Yeah. You know? That's right. Right. Absolutely. So absolutely follow the dollars right all right yeah so that that's what about that's you know some of the epiphanies that we've had as a company evaluating hotels so, yep. hey back it up
2: yeah so-, so
0: someone's looking to invest in a hotel yeah you take it right so what do you got
2: yeah i mean for us at derosa our criteria is going to be a little bit different than most people you know i'm focused particularly in limited service so i'm ruling out for at the moment as we're building up the portfolio it'll you know diversify itself but at the moment we're looking at limited service which includes your Holiday Inn Expresses. Town Place by Marriott, Fairfield by Marriott, Hampton Inns, those kind of products where you know you go in. Why? Why? Limited service right now is the best for us as an operator to take on and learn from that. We can also. The second thing is the margin and everything. It's a lot more cost effective. So right now the long-term stay, such as a home two, and uh, if you compare it like by like to a Hampton or if you compare it to Town Place, the long extended stay products are coming out a lot better because you have a lot less operating errors. You know, your margins are a lot higher in those products, and so those are the ones we're specifically targeting. I don't want to particularly go after conference centers yet because we don't have the right mindset. We don't have the strategies yet in place to take on a conference center. Or oh, the best ideal deal would be in a vacation center where we get a limited service in a vacation city per se. That would be the best ideal because then you have different demographics. In the weekdays, you have a corporate clientele. In the weekend, you have a leisure clientele. In the summers, you know, you can push occupancies upwards of 90 95% because you have that vacation spot. So... It's a mix of different factors that is how we drew our buy box down to basically looking at Hilton, Marriott, and Hyatt, and IHG products, particularly because the flag in itself brings about 40 to 50% of the revenue. Yeah. So that helps you drive your top line. And yeah. then because of these, these are big brands that have cross synergies. You know, you can lower your cost of linen, you can lower your cost of breakfast. So they allow you for savings in the
0: bottom line as well. But why, and you know, I've heard hate that when you buy, again, I'm going to throw... Just so, you, just so you know, this isn't really Matt talking. This is like the audience mm-hmm. and, and that, right? So I'm trying to be a good interviewer and ask you questions that other people might be asking, right? Why would I buy a hotel where I got to pay you know, money up front and money as I go along the way to Hilton or Marriott or whatever. Why wouldn't I just buy a non-flagged hotel and I could keep all the money that comes in the door? That could all be my money instead of me having to rev share with these guys and have them come in and tell me what color I got to paint the building and you know and and what I got to charge and in, in hotel and room rates and stuff like that. Why would I want Big Brother, so to speak, watching over me like that and yeah, to, and in my pocketbook too?
2: Yep, yeah, and it goes back to the revenue, right? If Hilton is able to bring you fifty percent of their revenue. At a very high rate, you know, that's what you're paying for at the end of the day, is the mm-hmm. name and the logo that they on uh, on your basically your board. If yeah. you are in a depending on the market, if you are let's say if you're like urban mentioned, let's say you're in a tier three city, 20 twenty, fifteen thousand population, you have an interstate exit, you know, I don't know what major interstate there is in Colombia or Western Salem, but let's say you're in one of those exits with a small town, yeah. If you have a hilton or iag Marriott flag, you're likely gonna have more revenue. Because if people are booking online, the brand is driving the revenue. You know, if you, as compared to an independent property, if you were to build a similar style independent property at the same cost, your revenue might be 30, 40% less on average. So mm. that's why we are trying to go with the higher recognition. I mean, I'm not sure what the exact number is, but it's in the millions and how much members are a part of these, each of these groups when you refer to Marriott. Yeah, I'm not,
0: I don't, I try not to stay in Marriott. Cause I'm a Hilton right. member, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And so if I'm any, cause I want those points, right? yeah, I, I'm cool. telling you, everybody watching right now, listening to this program or whatever, all y'all are members of some hotel program, right? And you're a member of yeah. an airline program. So you try and fly American. I try and fly United, right? Or I try and fly here so I get points, you know, so I can take my wife to Cancun one day. And right. you're you a member. Hey, my, I got a buddy that's going to Aruba for spring break, hundred percent free. Because yeah, points, he's got the United points or whatever, and you stack them up and you get after it, right? If you're going to travel for business or whatever, you are likely going to try and gravitate your travel towards a brand that you've got a business-related, like a, affiliation with, right? These brands are very smart to do those loyalty programs, and it costs them what? You know, a couple of hotel rooms every here and again to give you so that you spend all your money with them. That's a pretty good arrangement for them and for you too. It's a win-win, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. 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 Yeah.
0: You know, it, it, it's uh, it's it, it's kind of interesting, right? It's
1: kind of like if you buy into a McDonald's franchise, you can't wake up one morning and paint the golden arches pink because you're pink today. You know, you just don't have yeah. the right to do that, right? So you've got to follow, you know, a lot of what's a lot of these franchises, they have like a, a franchise offering circle or a franchise disclosure documents and so on and so forth. So it's so important, and Hafe mentioned it, to line up with a good brand, a strong brand, because particularly with these that... Bookings are so much related on points. Being a proud card carrying member of, of, of Hilton and so on and so forth, you got almost half of the bookings, you know, coming directly from those award members, those point members, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So it's extremely important. And do, 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 listen, do you have to abide by certain rules, yes, but at the same time, think about how much less marketing you need to do because I'm not trying to throw up a MacFair cloth hotel on the side of the road. I already got a IHG,
0: yeah, and that, that I own a little piece of right. So I. Get that. It's, it's like I ran a Super Bowl commercial for my little hotel if I'm a part of those flags, right? So we've covered why be associated with a flag. We've covered, you know, the differences in picking locations, right?
2: Location is, you know, not as important, I would say, when, like, that's a small destination market. I'm not sure what's a good example of that. We Myrtle could Beach. Be 10, yeah, Myrtle Beach, you know, perfect summer business. From May to July, you might be averaging 80 90% occupancy. Rest of the year mm-hmm. might be a little bit cold, but if the numbers work out because you're able to get a higher daily rate, It makes sense to be in that kind of market, along with, let's say, if you're anywhere along the coastal line, you know, if you have another destination market, it doesn't matter what the economic drivers are, per se, especially for us and multifamilies. It matters a lot more in terms Mm -hmm. of the job growth, the economic outgrowth, the growth of the city cities. For a hotel to function in cash flow, you know, we look at it a bit differently, but... So, and I'm ruling out the economy segment for an investor. You can also look at economy and mid-scale, especially if you want to be an owner operator or if you want to be a hands-on manager, those assets are really good. Um, It's just us for DeRosa. We have to scale it a little bit higher. That's why we're going for the bigger boxes. Mm -hmm. The smaller boxes are just as profitable, if not more profitable, especially if you're a hands-on manager.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Especially, I have a lot of family members there in the hotels, basing on those. Some of the average uh, cash-on-cash returns are, anywhere from 25 to 30 percent because they improve the efficiency so much and the revenue that if they're you're running making.
0: a smaller box hotel yeah. non-branded
2: branded so these yeah. are like Wyndham or choice uh, hotels Wyndham is the biggest one um but you know these would be uh comfort suites or super eights or quality ends or anywhere along those lines so economy or upper lower mid-scale products mm-hmm. so need to be made in different asset class along the hotel it's just yeah. for us It makes sense to be in a bigger box from a management perspective and from a cash flow perspective. Yeah. So, so this is
0: interesting, guys. If you guys are looking to get into the space, you're like, well, I can't go buying 15, $20 million hotel boxes like DeRosa is looking at doing, right? You could get into It's like, and I want to, this is a tangent, but let's hush it for a second. If somebody watching here is able to come up with, let's say, through their friends and family network, hey, like, I don't know, one to two million in equity, or maybe a little bit less, right? Can they buy in to a smaller box model at like three, four million all in? including debt and everything like that. And could they make money with a model like that? They're not going to buy a one, 200 key hotel like that, but they could certainly buy something smaller. Is that a model yes. that works?
2: Yeah. I mean, for hotels, you have, you know, different lending options, such as SBA is a mm-hmm. big program for hotel lending, right? Where you can potentially put 20% down, you mm-hmm. know, I mean? you can do a $5 million acquisition. So there's different programs available. But $5 million, you can afford a lot more, you know, it might be a 60 room property that you can do a bit of management, you can become the manager and you can take on the management fees on that and make them uh, make it work. So yeah, you yeah. can definitely, with the million, you can do a lot more for sure because the lending programs available at that point are, you know, there's more programs available that can bring down the cost or the down payment.
0: So, so if so. I can assemble a million dollars in equity, I can buy yeah. a $5 million hotel. Yeah, yeah potentially, which is again, going to be a smaller, you know, I'm guessing. It'll be a flag
2: asset, you know, there's a, a, it'll still be a flag uh, hotel. Yeah. So it'll still be a franchise you can buy. I mean, there's hotels you can look on. I mean, I know we don't refer to LoopNet, about. It. if you go on LoopNet, I'm sure you can find four or five different uh, yeah. products in that market range or in that
0: price range. Yeah. And then it's possible to make money and yeah. on a 4 or $5 million dollar yeah. hotel can make you money, right? Absolutely. Yes. Interesting. Absolutely. Interesting to know, guys. Take that and take this note. All right. Hey, let's back up, too, because we talked about different ways to get in. Now mm-hmm. let's touch on something I want to just hit here, right? We've got in, in multifamily, right, as you know, as maybe a lot of folks here are watching know, right? The multifamily game is to get into something that hopefully makes this much money now and through doing value add programs, leveraging the low cap rate that's in multifamily. Like this is a low cap rate environment, five, six percent cap rate, maybe seven, you know, shifting there as rates go up, right? But in a low cap rate environment, the way you play the game is you get in, you make the cash flow you can get and you value add. Through like every dollar I can squeeze out of the asset in further NOI drastically increases my value of the property that I can pull out through a refinance or through a sale, right? That's the multifamily games, value add one-on-one, right? And we've done very well as a company. Many of our friends and many of our students are doing well now in the multifamily business by playing the value add game, which you can play in a low cap rate environment, right? Now, hotels, whole different ballgames. Right. Tell me the hotel typical investment strategy and why it's a different, like a different place, maybe a hedge for those that are looking at multi family to to do what we're doing, which also looking at hotels, because it's a whole different game to play. Go for it.
2: Yeah. Hotels are more of a cash flow play in most cases. I wouldn't say all cases, but hotels are more of a cash flow play where you might, you know, 10 to 12% cash on cash, year one, depending on your buy box. So particularly hotel valuations are a lot different. Hotels can be valued on a per key basis. They can be valued on a revenue multiplier, which basically means like if you're doing a million in revenue, the hotel might trade for three and a half times that million in revenue. So you know, the valuation comes up to 3.5 million. We also utilize cap rates. I mean, depending on So limited service can trade anywhere from you know 7 to 10 cap, depending on the product type and everything. So when you look at the cap rate, let's compare today's interest rate coming in at like seven percent per se you know you already have a gain when you compare it to multifamily which you're underwriting a five cap and our interest rates are 5.8 percent as of this morning so yeah. there's always when you can see you know the cash flow
0: yeah so, so to say it differently in multifamily it's it's not unheard of to have the cap rate you're buying at you're going in cap the day you buy the property to pretty much be mm-hmm. equivalent to your cost of debt which is going to squeeze out a little bit of cash flow out of the property maybe three four cash on cash return whereas if you're buying a hotel asset you've got a much higher cap rate right? Yep. Which on the cash flow side is interesting. What's interesting on the other side of that is it's not so much a value add play. Because if you go and squeeze a dollar out of the, if you, if I create a dollar to my bottom line in NOI, that's applied to a lower cap, which increases the value of my building like this. Whereas if I push that dollar to the bottom line of a hotel asset, I get to enjoy that extra dollar in cash flow, but it's not kind of going to push my value as much. It still does, but it's going kind to of push my value as much as it would in a multifamily. Interesting. Right, one
2: hundred percent there, and we can also look at value at pro- properties that do come on the market as well on the hotel side. Right Right now, we have major markets where you know you have multiple properties coming on the market, which require heavy pip of almost uh, let pip a renovation of twenty five thousand per door. You know, those kind of actions that come into market, those will be a similar play to the multi family side that you might buy in at a six, six and a half, seven cap, and by the time you're done, you'll be you know looking to flip. You're going to get the cash flow for the whole period, of, let's say five years, plus you're going to get the return on your exit as well. So. You can also structure the deal in that way where you're buying a value-add uh, hotel but yeah. because if you buy just the core asset you can also make those work as well yeah. given the interest rates so,
0: so i'm going to sum it up the- here guys this hour of this interview has flown by i i, I miss miss tara smiley still has got some smack she's going to lay down to us here on the show so i got to jump so i can let tara come in and, and, and teach us a bit about security at your assets so urbe i want to just let you take a minute to sum it up here because you've been driving a lot of this with Haith. You've been driving a lot of our multifamily acquisitions. What's what makes you the most exciting as we continue to investigate hotels and what do you want those listening here to take home in this conversation?
1: I, I say what's most exciting is, you know, with the type of properties that we're looking at, you know, you got a built-in brand, right? You, you don't really need to go ahead and establish it. You know, you billion-dollar
0: I, I the way I look at it, you buy a hotel, you got a billion dollar business partner. You got you a billion dollar partner
1: They are committed, right, to go ahead and enhancing their brand. Let's 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 be real. It's a very competitive industry. You do have choices of staying at Hilton or Holiday Inn or Marriotts and so on and so forth. There's lots of different flags out there, so it's competitive. They do a great job of staying up in front and so on and so forth. So it's great piggybacking on the success that they've had already. They're not new to the game or anything else like that. They've got properties all across the country, all across the world, and everything else like that. So you're buying into something like that, right? You go on one of the first things that did. I checked out the Google reviews, Matt. The Google reviews. like four point nine stars out of five out of like five thousand people. It was it was it was it was amazing, right? Versus the Google
0: review you might see on one of your multifamily properties. Cool. We're still working, we're still working. I know, <laughs> like, I know. That's the problem. Patient. Yeah, what's interesting <laughs> is that in, in partnering with a billion-dollar brand, they incentivize—you know, not incentivize financially—but they want you to write a good review, and they know you get you get incentivized for doing that, and being a friend of the brand, and everything like that. Whereas in a multifamily, the only time you're ever going to write a review is when you have a problem, you know, yeah, ever. But on a hotel, you're going to write a review when you have a good experience. You know, it's, it's just a different brand, so a different model. Yeah. It's great to see. The, it's great to see. I would say the,
1: the other exciting thing is great to see the cash flow. You know out of these properties a lot of these properties understandably so right the cash flow day one we as you know we do a lot of value yeah. add, and our value we have to grow the cash flow grow the cash flow we gotta reposition the property we got to go heavy on our you know renovations and so on and so forth a lot of these are in good shape we don't need to buy very very old hotel properties like you used to buy very old multifamily properties we can buy stuff that was built just 10 years ago 12 years ago and so on and so forth so and then a lot of times you're buying one of these and the franchise agreement is still very very lengthy 10, 15 years kind of a thing. So there's a lot, a lot of exciting segments of the hotel business, a lot of exciting opportunities. I think it's an absolute outstanding way for investors to diversify their holdings, to diversify their portfolio. And obviously, Similar to multifamily deals, you can invest with your self-directed IRA or just cash savings, whatever it might be. But I think it's a great, great way to go ahead and diversify your asset base by going ahead and putting in a little bit more, let's say, early on cash flow opportunities, right? Younger cash flow opportunities into the portfolio versus multifamily might take a little bit longer.
0: Uh, that's nice. a, that's a, the the take-at-home point, guys. And we'll have to have more hotel conversations here on the show very soon. But uh, the take-at-home point is the diversification play is cash flow. Yes, you can buy a multifamily asset. that cash flow is nicely day one, but it will certainly not cash flow as much as the hotel will the first day that you get into it. So stay tuned for more hotel conversations and updates from the DeRosa De team as we continue to venture here. I'm grateful that we can share our journey with our followers. So thank you, Haith. And, and Urbe, uh, thank you, as always, for joining us in that. Cool. See you soon, Hey, Thank you. creates conversation on hotels. Love to hear from you guys more. If you guys want to hear more about what we're up to in the hotel world, just go to derosagroup.com and you can contact us there to hear more about our journey. Now guys, I want to bring in uh, my friend, t talks multifamily my friend tara smiley to talk to us about security security why well sometimes bad things happen sometimes there's bad actors out there and putting security around your assets is something that will maybe even deter bad things from happening and if they do you at least have the data on what to do with regards to you know be that cameras or whatever it is or good eyes on your properties can deter bad things from happening and when they do can help you collect the data so you can take action let's bring in tara come on in
3: everybody, it's Tara with DeRosa Group and DeRosa Living. Today, we're going to talk about security at your asset, your property, whether it's a single family home or an apartment community. So as a property owner or a property manager, we can't guarantee anyone's safety, but we do have a legal as well as just a civil kind of responsibility it is in our best interest and dollars and cents to make a property secure, right? And so we do that from the top down and the bottom up. So we're going to start from the top down. If you have a beautifully treed property, very nice, thick canopy, doesn't allow for a lot of natural light. So let's limb up that canopy in that tree system, right? So you're dealing with true canopy, not a lot of thick, you know, mid branches. Uh, two, let's add some lights, maybe light it up like Gitmo. I'll be honest. Um, unless those lights are shining directly into an apartment's, you know, a, a, one of your residents' homes, like into their bedroom window, uh, we really don't get too many complaints about lighting. Uh, the brighter the community, the nicer, the cleaner it feels. It also feels less inviting for a criminal element. Really, that's what we're working for here. Um, from a bottom-up standpoint, you want to look at your landscaping. Um, one of the popular things, you know, in 80s and 90s was to really kind of surround a building with thick shrubbery. The problem is is that, you know, A, that creates a lot of erosion potential, but from a security kind of visual standpoint, it also allows a lot of hiding spaces. So we tend to limb up those things, too. So the bushes are fine, but compress them to make sure that they're not covering any windows and they're not allowing anybody to hide behind it. You want to make things clear, clean and consistent. The other thing that I would highly suggest every property owner or asset manager do is partner up with your local law enforcement. Say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a current owner or I'm a prospective buyer. This is the property that I'm looking for. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Like, what kind of calls do you guys run there? A lot of this information is available for free online. It's also accessible through a free records, you know, request um, through that through that precinct. Um, you can even pull it from you know 911 dispatch. You won't get a lot of personal details, but you'll get a good semblance of what kind of calls are being run at that property. Uh, Look online, look on the reviews, and then you wanna directly combat those items if your current residents or perspectives are telling you, like, hey, there's a lot of people hanging out, you know, hey, there's a dark corner over here, then let's do something about it. And then also, if you can get local law enforcement to walk the property with you and offer their very best advice, that's even better. Um, If you are looking at retaining any kind of security company, just to have like, the visual impact of a security car. Again, as part of you know the bidding process, have them give you their best suggestions and really see who's paying attention to detail, who's coming out at night to see what lights are out or where there are dark spots on the property, where you could potentially install cameras you know, so that you get a a better visual impact and a visual feel for that property in off hours. So again, you can provide a better product to your current and prospective residents. Uh, If you like this type of Q&A or you like these type of quick touch points and tips, follow us on Facebook with DeRosa Insiders. You'll get a ton of your Q&A provided there and, you know, you'll get to hang out with us too. Talk to you soon.
0: Great stuff, Tara. Thank you. Again, security is necessary. Tara and uh, and I worked together with Justin on a property in Winston-Salem and we ended up limbing up a lot of the trees and putting better lighting, better cameras on the property. It's all we needed to do to deter crime. And there's really no crime there. There used to be, but now there's not. Just because you make the property more visible from looking at it from the outside and you create visibility from the inside out in looking at, in looking at potential bad actors through cameras and stuff like that. Not that hard of a lift, guys. Even on a single family home, you can make these things happen. It just requires some intentionality. One last thing Tara didn't talk about. If you Guys, own any rentals at all, do yourself a huge favor, drive past that rental property at night. You will see how it shows in the evenings. And a lot of times bad actors and crime and that kind of jazz happens at night, unfortunately. So go drive past a property night, make sure it's well lit, make sure it feels like a safe place and figure out what you can do to make it feel more safe if it doesn't. Okay. That's what we got for the cash flow digest, guys. Summing it up. Multifamily is what it is. You can decide it's good. You can decide it's bad. Place to get in. If you decide you want to get in, we can help you through our accelerator program, derosiergroup.com forward slash accelerator. Biggest advice we got all day long is investing in multifamily is all about markets. And so, as is hotels too, great conversation on hotels, cash flow versus appreciation, interesting conversation. Both are necessary and investing. You got to play both, you know, stock market, real estate, whatever it is, cash flow and long term growth. You need both. That rhymes. How about that? And so also Tara talking about security and ways you guys can affordably make your properties easily more secure. That's what we got for you guys today on the Cashflow Digest. Quick note, February 23rd. I want y'all to write that date down. We're going to be doing a live, live Q&A here to help you guys crush out your multifamily real estate investing goals. We will see you guys here next week and the week after 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 that every week, Friday at noon Eastern, but make sure you write that date down Friday, the 23rd. It's going to be a very special program of the Cashflow Digest. I will see you guys every week and I'll see you then too. Have a great weekend, guys. Bye-bye. Hey guys, Matt Faircloth here. Thank you for listening again to the Flow Digest. I really appreciate you guys doing that. If you guys wanna hear more about what DeRosa Group has to offer, go to DeRosaGroup, D-E-R-O-S-A group.com, DeRosaGroup.com online. You can hear about all the great things that we offer from an educational standpoint and passive investment standpoint on our website. See you there. And if you guys wanna join our online community, DeRosa Insiders on Facebook, where you can watch this program get recorded every Friday at noon Eastern, and you can come on as even a guest or ask questions on the show. We hope to see you guys on our online community, DeRosa Insiders. See you there.